the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. They may have lost James Carville. Yeah, you remember James, uh, the guy who helped Bill Clinton get elected way back before the Democrat Party was run by Marxists. Uh, He was on Bill Maher's podcast, and he said, quote, I find the left to be just annoying. How about that? Uh, He went on to say, the Western far left is habitually the most stupid, naive people you can imagine. They They come up with these really goofy constructs, and it's all about feeling good about yourself. Now, uh, James is just coming around to that. I mean, where's he been for the last 25 years? He and Marr actually talked about pregnant men, which is something that lots of people in power at the Democrat Party can say with a straight face, and their friends in the media will call you a bigot if you laugh at the idea. Marr agreed with uh, James uh, that, uh, but but what Marr says, uh, you know, it's meaningless. He's a he's a comedian and a talk show host, and what do talk show hosts know about anything? Carvel's well-respected. He's spectacularly successful. He's a political consultant. He's a liberal. And he also says Biden is too old and that, quote, any Democrat in their 50s who wasn't stupid or woke could win over Biden, unquote. So is this just Carville going off on a podcast or is this just one more example of the Democrats getting ready to pay Joe a visit to tell him that he should head for the rest home for some bingo, although Joe would probably have a tough time with bingo at this point. And I'm sticking with my prediction that Biden won't be the nominee. Check back with me on that later, I guess. When we come back, speaking of Democrats, the governor of Pennsylvania was bragging about his new plan to have the Department of Motor Vehicles provide instant voter registration. Yesterday, we talked about how that will make cheating much easier. Today, we have a state senator who says that there is a sinister underlying issue, in his words, involved in all that. And in our second half hour, a guy you've seen on Fox many times, Jason Rance. He's a talk show host from Seattle who's written a book about how the Democrats are destroying American cities. He should know. He lives in one that they've destroyed. Stick around. Well, we spent some time here yesterday talking to Jay Christian Adams, uh, an expert on this kind of stuff on voter fraud, about Governor Shapiro's decree that the Department of Motor Vehicles can be used to register people to vote. And he talked about how that could lead to voter fraud. Senator Chris Dush of the 25th District has a problem that goes beyond that. He joins us now. Senator Chris, thanks for coming on. Hey, John, thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity to let your listeners uh, know uh, the insidious nature of what's going on here. Yeah, you have said there is, uh, the word you used was a sinister underlying issue involved here. How can that be? I mean, don't we want everybody to vote, Senator? Uh, The opportunity is already there. Uh It was already there before uh, he implemented this. What? Listen, uh, 
anybody who understands uh, the way that dictators try to take and seize power is they'll nibble away a little bit at a time at the rights of the individuals. Now, I've got I want to see as many people educated and registered and out there and actively voting as we can possibly get. But I get people uh, when I'm trying to get people convinced to register to vote. They say there are many of them who have all sorts of different answers. And to them, those answers are legitimate to themselves. Uh, things like I don't or I don't study this enough. I don't have enough time. If I make a choice, I'll end up making a bad choice. I don't want to vote for any of these guys. So I don't register to vote. That is their right. So when uh, the government comes along and says, you will comply, meaning, as he says, in, in the re- new way they do the thing, you will be registered to vote. That's a course of act. Uh, we do not give the authority. We have not given the authority for the uh executive branch to coerce people into registering to vote, number one. And then once that, uh, if you get people who already are self-admitting that they don't uh, care enough, they don't educate themselves enough to vote, and then from the investigations we were doing uh, over the last couple of years, we know that Democrat operatives know the delivery date how long it takes to get from the county election office to every zip code in the county. And if they engineer something uh, like uh, that'll cause riots on the streets or something, and they engineer it for a certain time period, and then the day the ballot arrives, you've already got the mailer already pre-printed and at your doorstep. These people who already admit that they don't know enough or that they're not informed enough, if they're moved to action by that stuff, then uh, there's there's a significant problem. Well, and and, uh, sorry, but you, you've said that the, the the opportunity has been there to register through PennDOT. If, yeah. And, right. And they, they, but it was an option. It was given. All right. If, do you want to register to vote? Yes or no. And if they want, then they could go to the screen. Uh, that's the screens are already there. They can register and vote. The difference is when the government says you will be registered, then they're sitting here wondering, well, what happens to me if I say no? And the way to do it is stuck clear down in the lower right-hand corner of the screen. Uh, and you have to, and if you just hit enter, you're automatically going to the registration page and going through it. You have to read through the whole thing and go down there and read the instructions down in the lower right-hand corner, press nine, so that's all being done in, on purpose. When I had a conversation with the secretary yesterday, I asked him specifically, what was the impetus behind this? Why are you doing it? And he dodged the question a little bit, and I brought it back up again. And uh, he said more people will uh, vote because in other states where they have this automatic registration, more people will vote. So basically, they know that compelling people to vote or to register to vote, will get the the registration numbers up. But it's being done against the wishes of the individual. They're they're stuck there thinking. You know, when you get a letter from the IRS, everybody's afraid of. Oh God, what's going to happen now? You know, what are they going to take from me? What are they going to do to me? The IRS is more feared than death. 
And the reason is because it's an immediate action. There's a threat of what is called by the Supreme Court the implied use of force of government against the individual. And uh, everybody understands that implied use of force. Uh, inherently, they may not recognize it as such, but they have that fear of government. And, and they've been, since COVID, they've really been ramping it up, trying to get us more fearful. And then once they, they got us to comply with a lot of stuff, now they're going to turn around and say, you will be registered to vote. And they, that fear factor is there. And you're going to see people who would uh, go through with it that really did not want to do it in the first place. And so uh, this, is, uh, this is being portrayed uh, by most in the media and, uh, and obviously by the Democrats. This is a wonderful thing. Uh, it's convenient. We're doing you a favor. Uh, you don't have to even show up anywhere to register. You don't have to inquire anywhere. You just uh, and 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 what is it you're doing at the uh, the uh, at the license registration wherever you are at that point? What who who's getting targeted by this? Is it people who are getting a new license, people renewing their license. How does where do they where are they um, uh, presented with the opportunity to or not the opportunity, but the the uh, I guess the directive the directive to to register. Uh, it's when they go to register uh, or to renew their license or uh, get a new license. So it's not just new people coming to maybe somebody moving into Pennsylvania uh, and getting a, a Pennsylvania driver's license. It's people who already have licenses. When what is it? Every, I don't even know what it is. Every two years or whatever it comes up. Four years. What is it? Three. Four years. Oh, four. Okay, whatever it is. Every four years, which is a, a convenient number of years, I guess, um, every four years they they have to register, and they are going to be automatically – they have to renew, I mean. They're going to be automatically registered to vote and not even know that they're registered in some cases. Right. Uh, and the uh, – because all you have to do is hit the enter button, and then you're – well, you'll you'll know it. I mean, there, there are some screens you're going to have to walk through yeah. uh, to verify, but – uh, again, you know, coercion uh, has significant legal impact. And there's a law in uh, Pennsylvania. It's called uh, it's an act of official oppression. A person acting in a, uh, and I'll hit the relevance part, relevant parts in the law, a person acting or purporting to act in an official capacity or taking advantage of such actual or purported capacity if knowing his con conduct is illegal, he denies, impedes, or or uh, denies or impedes another in the enjoyment of any right, privilege, power, or, in, or immunity. You can't enjoy it, that right, when the government's telling you you will be registered. That saying you must comply. Does Shapiro have the, Does the Shapiro even have the power to tell people to register to vote, as opposed to encouraging them? We've never given them that. Uh, look, if a, if a law is put in place, it has to have three elements. The uh, declarative, which uh, declares what the law is about. Uh, the directive, which tells the executive how to implement it. And then the vindic uh, vindicative, which the remedies. Those first two elements are not there. We've never uh, said uh, the government can use the coercive, its coercive power against the people to compel them to register to vote, and we've never given them, given them directives on how to do that. The only thing we've given them the authority to do is come up with uh, a means for 
people to voluntarily decide that they want to register to vote and, ha- and give them the opportunity to fill out the application and do it. That already existed. They would not be taking this action. They would not be making this change except for the fact that they want to use the coercive power of government to influence people who otherwise would not be registering to get them registered. And then since they're already showing themselves to be uh, capable of being influenced, that then we come along later, uh, come election time, and start influencing them again in order to get the outcome that we want. Isn't the act of, and I, I, met, I, I asked Chris, J. Christian Adams about this yesterday. I don't know if you're aware of who he is. Uh, yeah, yeah, very. Yeah, he's uh, been all over this kind of stuff for a while now. Um, and I asked him, doesn't registering just in itself, inherent in the, the act of registering for something, is a desire to do so, and it's a proactive kind of a thing that um, that it, it's just by the very nature and the definition of what it is, it's not something that you should be in any way re- required to do or any, where anybody should have to sneak up on you. You should be, it should be something you're seeking out. John, that's brilliant. I couldn't put that any better. That's, uh, it is. It's, uh, it's something that you are seeking out and it's, yeah, it's right in a privilege. Yeah. I, 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 as I'm saying that, I'm thinking about having to register for the draft, which I didn't want to do, but that's also coercion. That was, yes. I, I was coerced into registering for the draft, you know, back when I was 18 years old. So, yep. uh, it's, I didn't, I wouldn't, that's not something I would have done on my own, but I, there were repercussions if I decided not to do it. I would have had to move to Canada. That's a long time ago. Uh, and you know, def- I- when we're in caucus because that's quite you know that's uh very uh man you're making the argument better than that. <laughs> <laughs> well i just thought of it when i saw when i talked about registering and then i thought wait a minute i had to register for the draft and i didn't have any choice in that and still oh, do and, don't you still uh, have to register for the draft if you're 18 i think oh, you do. yeah yeah everybody's uh, all males do they yeah. still have to register well that's another issue we've got to get i don't think it's fair that women should should be left out of that process um, well, they need to get in on that. Um, equal part. Yeah, yeah. So um, this also, on top of everything you said, this does also increase the chances of fraud This uh, by doing it this way? Um, I'm very concerned about that. Uh, now, the Secretary has assured me that they're, uh, everybody's going to have to show their birth certificates uh, and stuff, The uh, that sort of thing. And the uh, anybody who's got an alien registration number will not be allowed to. Uh, they won't even get to see the screen, uh, is what I'm told. The people who uh, uh, don't have American birth certificates or certificates of naturalization from IMS, uh, they will not be allowed to register either. But that's again, I want to. I want to make sure that that's working. I'm supposedly going to be, I've asked for, and they've agreed that I can come up and do some walkthroughs on some sample screens, and I'm going to take the take advantage of that when the opportunity has been given to me, and I can report back on that. Yeah, how, how should this be fixed? We're talking to Senator Chris Dush of the uh, 25th District. How can this be fixed? Back to the way it was. Just go, just, just drop the whole idea. But you know what? It's like I said. The re- the opportunity is already there. 
uh, it was on the screen. It's as look like you said. This is something that is to be sought out. It's something for the the voter uh, or the potential voter to seek out the ability to register. And when the opportunities are there, not just at PennDOT, but the Department of Military Veterans Affairs, uh, Department of Human Services, when people sign up for SNAP benefits, those things are. It's always it's available in a number of different uh, governmental locations. So it's not like we've, uh, we're uh, trying to uh, uh, take away opportunities because on, at PennDOT, the opportunity was already there. What I am adamant about is we eliminate the coercion of people to mm-hmm. force them or intimidate them into registering. Is this, a, is this now part of the deal or is it, is, is it, is it a done deal? And, has to be, and, it does, and it has to be reversed somehow. By you guys. Well, I think, in, in my mind, any person who went to DMV or goes to DMV and feels like they're being coerced into uh, registering to vote and, uh, and, and register simply because they're not sure what the consequences will be, I believe that person has uh, just cause uh, to file a lawsuit, uh, a criminal complaint on official oppression against Governor Shapiro and everybody that had part in this. Sounds like a good idea to me. Again, we're talking to Senator Chris Dush of the 25th District of PA. I can't let you go, Chris, without without asking if there's any chance you're going to change the dress code in the Senate to honor John Fetterman. I, mean, I think that's the least you could do. Well, um, that's in the federal uh, I know. Senate, the state, but uh, when he was in here, we absolutely did not change the dress code for him. He actually had, I mean, he had to show up you know, yeah, he wasn't happy about it. He had to, but he had to be properly attired to be on the floor as lieutenant government. Yeah, or lieutenant governor. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> what about uh, just as a Republican and a Republican in politics? What do you make of John Fetterman, uh, Pennsylvania, actually being represented in the Senate by this guy? What are you, how does that happen? Who? How, how could you? If you guys can't beat John Fetterman, who are you going to beat? I guess is what I'm asking you. Well, uh, I will be honest with you. We need to get people out there, one, who are Pennsylvania residents, number two, that uh, actually understand and can articulate uh, the role of uh, the, both the federal and state legislators. And quite honestly, we, this is a numbers game. Uh, look, the, in rural Pennsylvania or in suburban Pennsylvania, we only show up about sixteen to 20,000 people to vote uh, in just in presidential election years out of uh, 65,000 constituent house district. Whereas down around Philadelphia, Bucks, Montgomery, Chester, Delaware County, they're turning out 33 to 37,000 people. Yeah. Well, got it. it's a, it's... If we get, if we get good common sense people to get over this whole idea that, Oh, I'm not voting because my vote doesn't count. Uh, that gets overturned. Stacy Wallace up in uh, McKean County, she proved that she was around to every all sixty-seven counties a couple times. Stacy Garrity, the same thing, uh, and we had higher turnouts in those off-year elections, and that's how we won those statewide races. We need our uh, everyday people to show up and show up in force. And this year on the Supreme Court, Commonwealth Court, Superior Court, our Republicans need to show up in numbers. We show up enough. They can't cheat enough to win. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, seriously. 
That's good. I'm, I'm out of time, Chris. I, I'm glad to have you on. I'm sure we can have you on again down the road to talk about what you just, what you just mentioned there. We'll do that uh, sometime down the road here. All right, John. Thank you God very bless. much for coming on. I appreciate it. Same here. Thanks. Okay, that's uh, Senator Chris Dush of the 25th District. We'll be right back. Well, when I started doing this uh, radio show five years ago, uh, one of my favorite topics was what was going on in Seattle, Washington. I came across uh, so many stories about it and, and how a great city was being destroyed by Democrats. Jason Rance has been doing a talk show out there in Seattle for several years. He's written a book called What's Killing America? Inside the Radical Left's Destruction of Our Cities. He joins us now. Jason, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me. So how much did living in Seattle have to do with you deciding to write this book? Well, it was more noticing what was happening in Seattle happening everywhere else <laughs> that got me interested in writing this book. I was thinking a lot about how we allowed so many cities to get to this destructive and chaotic point to begin with. And I just recognized that not everyone uh, pays attention to every uh, nuance of every policy discussion in the world because most people have lives. I do not. I study this stuff. And I recognize that from city to city, Democrats on the radical left took advantage of the COVID lockdowns, took advantage of the BLM riots and rallies, and they implemented a series of reforms that impacted everything from crime and drug use to housing policy and electric vehicles and everything in between. And so if we want to actually fight back and defeat these truly destructive policies, we have to understand the what and the why. Why do the folks on the far left believe what it is they believe? And what exactly are they passing? I think most people have a general understanding of just things not feeling right, that cost of living is through the roof, immigration is out of control, crime is out of control, but they don't necessarily know which policies or strategies are to blame. And so what's killing America provides that. Seattle, uh, uh, the poster city for what's happening all over America. Could it claim that title? Um, so in some ways, in I think some it depends things, on I the guess, issue. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think there, there, it used to be the case where probably New York, L.A., San Francisco, Portland, and Seattle used to be that, right? That they would, one individual city of those groups, of that group would pick an issue, they would run with it, they would go very, very far to the left, and then everyone else in the, on the left would follow. But now it, it feels like it's being done in concert with one another. So, for example, when you see cashless bail going into effect, it's not just in New York and in Illinois, it's effectively happening on the entire West Coast. It's getting infected into places like Georgia and, and Texas. And I think that it's because it's driven by an ideological position and everyone just sort of took advantage of BLM when they had the opportunity. You're starting now to see pretty much everyone go with the same horrible policy at the exact same time. Is there anybody actually out there saying, boy, this cashless bail thing is really working good for us? Is, who's saying Criminals. That? Criminals love it. Yeah, Criminals the, absolutely love it. The crime committing <laughs> community, yeah. Yeah, they're saying that this is it's never been better to be able to just get out of any sort of consequence and then just recommit another crime. And then, of course, you've got defense lawyers. I imagine they're really big fans of it. But 
ultimately, the reason why they've implemented it is because folks on the radical left believe that the criminal justice system is inherently racist, that it has to be dismantled and rebuilt. And to their credit, they were always open about that. They didn't lie. The radical left said exactly what they were planning to do, and they ended up doing it. And now we're living the consequences. Um, so it's uh, it's Democrats. Uh, people who live there know it's Democrats. I'm talking about whatever, any, all the cities that you you know looked into and every big city in America, basically. The people who live there know it's Democrats, and they keep electing Democrats. It happens here in Pittsburgh. Why is this yep. happening all over America? I've, I've, I've asked I, – I can't tell you how many people I've asked, and I can't get an answer to this. Uh, who's out – how does anybody – how does a Democrat – keep voting for what they see happening in Chicago, the mayor that, that they, they elected in Chicago. If he were, if he were, uh, if they had an election tomorrow, he'd get reelected despite all yeah. the idiotic things he's done. How, how is there any hope for anybody if people, if, if, if that mayor in Chicago can't get himself unelected, who can? Yeah, and again, that, that's why I wrote What's Killing America. Yeah. Here's a perfect example. Uh, you and I both recognize there's a huge crime crisis, uh, drug crisis, homelessness crisis. Yes, we're on the same page. Pretty much everyone holds that view. The problem is not everyone knows who's to blame. When you live in an area that is completely dominated by left-wing politicians and left-wing media, no one is connecting the dots. I could go outside right now. You could go to anyone in Pittsburgh and just simply ask, what is harm reduction? And not a single person will be able to tell you. And yet that is the policy, the strategy that has been implemented across the country by the Biden administration and in all of these blue cities, counties and states that is directly responsible for the drug crisis. Now, no one knows that because we don't connect dots in local media. Mm -hmm. We don't usually get that kind of coverage. Talk radio, I think, provides a really good tool to get this information out. But even for us, we can only talk about one issue for so long, and you got to hope that someone happens to be listening at the time. Yeah. And so I, I, I decoded the language of the far left in this book so that people could get a better understanding. Now, the next time someone says harm reduction or housing first, mm -hmm. you actually know what it is. You can identify it, and then you can know that that's the one candidate you shouldn't be voting for. Democrats are not going to suddenly vote for Republicans. They're going to vote for other Democrats, and I would rather have – a more moderate Democrat take things over than the socialist wing of the Democrat Party. Well, it's interesting you say that because I opened my show today with uh, some comments I found uh, from uh, James Carville. You remember him. And this, mm -hmm. is, this is what James Carville told Bill Maher. And this falls right into what you were just talking about there. I find the left to be just annoying. The Western far left is habitually the most stupid, naive people you can imagine. They come up with these really goofy constructs, and it's all about feeling good about yourself. That's James Carville. That's not a Republican yeah. talking. So people are noticing, uh, and uh, we're talking to Jason Ranch. The book is What's Killing America? Inside the Radical Left's Destruction of Our Cities. So the, obviously if somebody like James Carville seems to be getting it, what's the chances of maybe more Democrats getting the clue? I saw, by the way, uh, Jason also on Fox before I came in here today, I don't remember the guy's name. He's a, he was an alderman of Chicago, a Democrat. He was just absolutely uh -huh. trashing the Democrats in Chicago because of the crime and everything yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the good news is in all of this, the more we speak up, the more 
the crisis unfortunately gets out of control, the more people get impacted and that ultimately wakes them up to the reality. There are a lot of people who just refuse to accept the reality, but then all of a sudden when their home is broken into, when maybe a family friend of theirs is assaulted, when they take their kid to a park and it's covered with homeless people smoking fentanyl or meth, well, then all of a sudden they start to see things just a little bit differently. And that's a sad reality that an individual has to actually you know, experience uh, some negative consequence, some consequence of one of the policies that maybe previously they backed, or at least politicians that they backed put into place. But for some folks, that's just what what has to happen. And what we've seen is people clearly are starting to wake up. It's just too slow. I talk about San Francisco in particular in my book, because in a lot of ways, I'm inspired that the folks there started to push back. They ended up getting rid of their uh, their DA in Chester Boudin, they ended up recalling three of their school board directors because they were just too far to the left. But ultimately, I think it was just a little bit too late for them. I, I think we're watching San Francisco die in real time. And I don't want that to happen to other wonderful cities from, from Seattle and Portland to New York and Pittsburgh, right? I mean, I, I want us to be able to identify these issues before they enveloped the entire city. And then finally, when people say, okay, enough is enough, it'll be too late. What's, uh, it's, it's, it's starting to show up in Pittsburgh. It took a while, um, but it's starting to it show up. It always starts to show up somewhere. Yeah, here, here's, a, here's an example of what's happened in Pittsburgh. We finally have uh, caught up to some of the other cities around the country where there are tents on the sidewalk and people mm-hmm. pooping on the street, okay, and needles on the street. They had so they they came up with two Pittsburgh potties and they're look like you know a house kind of a house trailer thing and they are bathrooms for homeless people and when they introduced them the poli- local politician including the mayor they did it they had a ribbon cutting for the potty potty the Pittsburgh potties. Uh, and they they made it as a celebration that look what we're doing for the homeless people. We're giving them a bathroom so they don't poop on the street anymore. I couldn't believe mm-hmm. it when I saw it. It was like a celebration. Yeah, people find out rather quickly, especially the ones who used to live in bigger cities and they left because they just didn't like what was going on. <laughs> they found out very quickly that bad policy and its consequences spread. It, it's not Las Vegas. What happens there doesn't stay there. What happens in cities like Philly or Seattle, Chicago, Atlanta, it spreads to the suburbs and then it continues to spread because no one's getting in the way. Unless you're going to get in the way, it's going to always bad policy and activists. They inspire other bad policy and other bad faith activists. And that's always been the case for that. This is how movements work. And if there's not a concerted effort and a significant front to push back, it's going to take over this entire country. And that's what I fear, legitimately fear the most, is that by the time people wake up, it's going to be too late just from from a country perspective. We're talk- and I want to help stop that. We're talking to Jason Rance. The book is What's Killing America Inside the Radical Left's Destruction of Our Cities. I'm wondering, Jason, and I, this is another question I can't seem to get an answer to. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm dumb, but... What happened to vagrancy laws that used to be for getting bums off the street instead of making instead of celebrating putting up a nice bathroom for them? What happened yeah. to wh- wh- where did they go? Did you co- did you cover that at all in your in your research for the book? 
I do. I have an entire chapter just dedicated to homelessness and then another one dedicated to housing first, which Good. is a policy that no one could identify if I asked them to. And yet that's one of the big reasons behind the homelessness crisis. So you have two basic issues. And in the book, obviously, we get into it in, in greater detail. But yeah. number one, you've got a uh, now a, a Ninth Circuit Court of Appeal decision that's basically been adopted across the country that says you can't sweep encampments unless you have a space specifically for each and every one of the people you're sweeping to go. Number two, you have a radical view called housing first, which mm -hmm. basically says we have to have housing for everyone before we attempt to sweep. But the problem is it doesn't actually address the underlying condition of why someone's homeless. So if you're homeless because you're an addict, the housing first model gives you subsidized housing in which you can continue to use drugs and ultimately you're going to kill yourself. But in the meantime, you are still completely dependent on government funding. It's subsidized until the day you die, which makes some people a lot of money if you're in the homeless industrial complex, but doesn't actually address any of the problems that the individual is experiencing, nor does it tackle the issues that person continues to create because it's not like he's staying or she's staying in that, that, that housing unit forever. They go out into the community. They continue to break laws to feed their drug habits. And then they just continue to use. So it's a failure all around. And yet it's still being adopted because it's seen as this sort of self-aggrandizing hero uh, sort of, I don't know, complex, I guess, that individual leftists have where they want to pretend that they're the ones who are solving all these problems and they're, they're the white knights coming to the rescue to save the homeless because it lacks compassion to sweep up their, their belongings when we're just really talking about trash. It, yeah. it is a destructive policy that is happening everywhere in this country. Well, let me ask you, uh, Jason, because I asked this question here, I live. I've lived all my life, most of all, most of my life here in Pittsburgh and in the suburbs. And there's a community I use as an example of Mount Lebanon, which has a couple of different business districts. Nice, really nice, you know, uh, suburb. Suburb. Um, why aren't there any tents on the streets in Mount Lebanon? And 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 I want to ask you, how many su suburbs out there with nice business districts have people pooping on the street and living in tents? You get the, the city and neighborhood that you deserve and the people who say that they'll put up with it and not approach homelessness with a carrot and stick approach or really clamp down on their drug laws. The, the problem gets out of control. There, there are obviously some places that have not been hit uh, particularly hard by the drug crisis. That mm -hmm. changes every day. At some point, every single community will be hit in a significant way unless we get in the way of it. But communities that say, yeah, we're not going to allow this. Those are the ones that thrive. And I, I take you through examples in what's killing America all across the country of communities that said, yeah, we're not okay with this. Individual mayors saying they're not okay with it or just programs that have been implemented to actually tackle the problem on the ground. And when you, you, you don't even have to innovate in some of these, some of these, on some of these issues. You have to do what we did before, which worked, which was enforce the law. And then all of a sudden, a lot of these issues tend to go away. Yeah. Uh, finishing up here with Jason Rance. Uh, he's the author of uh, a book called Killing America Inside the Radical Left's Destruction of Our Cities. We, I believe, uh, here in Allegheny County, which includes Pittsburgh, 
is about to uh, hire, uh, I'm sorry, elect a George Soros-funded DA. What could go wrong there? Everything can go wrong. And what you'll find out very quickly is that you will have criminals who don't actually go to jail. You'll have criminals who feel empowered to continue to break the law. And at some point, you or someone you know will become a victim. It is not a matter of if, it is a matter of when. It is inevitable. Now, again, the good news is all of us can get in the way of those policies from advancing. We just have to have the knowledge to do so. And I hope people will pick that up in What's Killing America. It's one of the – this was for me, this was definitely a passion project I wanted to to tackle because I do think that – People are sick and tired, and we all just sort of instinctively know something is wrong, but not everybody can tell you why. And so this is my my way of telling people the why so they can take back their own communities and maybe prevent DAs like the one you're talking about from even being considered by the electorate. I hope it works. Jason, good luck with the book, and I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Okay, that's Jason Rance. Again, the book is What's Killing America? Inside the Radical Left's Destruction of Our Cities, and it's coming to Pittsburgh. Just be ready for it. I'll be right back. Well, Jason Rance, we're good to have him on, um, and uh, that sounds like a book that is well worth reading, What's Killing America? Inside the Radical Left's Destruction of Our Cities. Um, and as I mentioned to him, it, it, I just I just see it coming to Pittsburgh, uh, Allegheny County. This is just hard to believe. The odds are pretty good that they're going to elect a George Soros-funded district attorney. That's who the Democrats are putting up, and a socialist uh, county executive. Um, I don't I don't understand how. First of all, I don't understand how they get twelve people to vote for them outside of their immediate families. When if they they can't possibly be getting anybody who pays attention to vote for them, because as Jason has just said and as he's written an entire book about, it's happening all over the country. Chicago's insane right now. Uh, I, I, I just before I came in here today, as I mentioned to Jason, there was a an alderman on a Democrat, and he was just trashing the Chicago. Um, the politicians, the mayor and everybody included, uh, for defunding and not having enough police, all the things that you hear about. The murder rate is going through the roof, and uh, they have videos of people being carjacked, and, and then they have cashless bail. And so somebody sees the video and says, well, that's nice. He'll be right back out on the street. They're not gonna, he's not going to do any jail time waiting for his trial. Um, that's what's going on, and Pittsburgh is about to get it in Allegheny County. And here's what here's if I if you vote for it, you definitely deserve it. If you vote for these people and this is what you get, nobody should have any sympathy for you. And if you don't vote and try to vote for if you if you don't show up and vote for somebody else to get rid of these people, it's kind of the same thing. Kind of hard to have any sympathy for you. And uh, if you need me, I'll be out in Washington County. I'll talk to you tomorrow. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.